everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. You found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, April 23rd, and I've got a very special guest on the show with me today. My friend Steve Lambert is back, and we're going to talk to the homeschool moms who just can't let it go. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, I'm glad you tuned in today. Before I get into the meat of today's broadcast, I want to say hello to Megan from Rockwell, who wrote in to tell us how she's getting off the bench. Megan said, I'm getting off the bench by homeschooling my kids next year. I spoke about making masks optional in front of the school board, and I'm talking with Katie's about starting an affordable private Christian schooling, homeschool style uh, co-op as part of my church's ministry. Megan is getting off the bench. Megan, I'm so glad to hear from you. If you guys want to tell me how you're getting off the bench, I would love to hear from you. You can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday and just write in the subject line off the bench. Let us know what you're doing. I am convinced that if we hear more and more people getting off the bench and onto the battlefield, we're going to start to uh, have a difference in the culture and to really move the needle. So that's what it's going to take. It's going to take all of us doing our part. I want to say thank you to Kelly from Georgia and Jessica from Idaho who wrote in and said, Heidi, I have been so encouraged by your podcast for many years and have shared it with many people. I continue to pray for you and your family and the work that you are doing for the Lord. I so appreciate you, Jessica. Jessica is a mom strong international mama and she just moved away from Washington. And so I forgive you, Jessica. Please, please come back and visit. You guys have been such an encouragement to us. This weekend, I'm going to be speaking for Teach Some Diligently in Round Rock, Texas. And if you want to come out to that, today is the day. I'll be there today and tomorrow. For more information and to get tickets, you can go to teachthemdiligently.com or you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. And I will link back to that event in the show notes today. All right. I'm so excited today because my friend Steve Lambert is back on the show with me today. You guys know how much I love Steve and his wife, Jane. Jane is the author of Five in a Row. I met them out on the road a long time ago. Actually, it's a long and storied history now that we have together. But Steve is a natural encourager and he is a teacher and he has been such an encouragement to me as a homeschool mom and also as a friend. And I asked him to come on the show today to talk to the homeschool moms who just cannot let it go. And by that, I mean a lot of you guys have senioritis because you're at the end of the school year and you're getting a little bit tired and you're starting to drag and you want to finish well. And we're going to talk about what that looks like today. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you, Heidi. It's always great to be with you. It's fun to have you here. I was thinking about talking about how you and I met a little bit because we have so many new listeners now and that maybe are not familiar with you. And I was trying to figure out the year. And for goodness sake, I, I, I don't think I, I don't, do you know it? It was a long time. What I are we going on? For sure. I, I'm thinking it was maybe 1998. So maybe 13 plus years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And way before I had any of my kids had graduated from our homeschool and uh, you came out really to keynote a homeschool conference that my husband and I had put on in Eastern Washington. Yeah, I, I was uh, invited by you, and I didn't know you from Adam, but I remember thinking that Heidi seemed like a, a name from the 50s, so you were probably a contemporary of mine, probably a you know, 60-ish uh, former homeschooler who was now helping run your state organization there in Washington, and 
and it would be so nice to to get to know one of my peers. And so I was looking forward to meeting you. And then here you were at the time, I think a 30 something uh, looking like a 20 something. And so I remember asking if your mother was going to be down soon to meet for breakfast so that we could get acquainted. And you looked at me kind of confused. And I said, well, is your mom Heidi coming down? She goes, I, I am Heidi. And that began what's been a weird and wonderful relationship that's gone on for 13 years. Yeah. And we've had a lot of fun. I mean, you and uh, your wife, Jane, and Jay and I have traveled across the country uh, speaking at events together and have been doing life together for a long time. And now I'm a, you know, I'm a grandmother, for crying out loud. I'm not sure when that happened. Well, it happens to all of us. And uh, uh, that's, that's the reward for having been faithful and doing the hard work of parenting is you could be a grandmother. But, but wait, before we get into any of that, I heard that you've like jumped completely, totally off the bench. I heard a rumor that you've actually gotten so far off the bench, you've broken it up and used it for firewood. I heard you were running for the United States Congress. Is that right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that is a true story, my friend. You are not so wrong. You're running that, that in rumor's Washington. True. In what district? In the third congressional here in Washington State. You guys live in Missouri, so that's it's good that you heard that rumor that far away. <laughs> well, good news travels fast, and so that's that's amazing. Jane and I have tried to support you guys in everything that you're doing. How would I make a contribution to that if I want to support your campaign? Because I think it's important. Uh, we've reached a point in history where it's no longer about our state or our representative. It's about trying to field uh, a team in Washington that can fight for the Constitution and fight for our rights. And I know that you would do that. How can I support your run for Congress? Yeah, that's a good question. Anyone can support it. It's HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. And I love what you said, because we're, we're starting to really see the political landscape shift in the nation, right? And I think to start seeing our representatives as part of a team and not just a state representative. So if I'm a voice from Washington state, I would hail obviously from the third congressional, but I would be a voice for the nation. It's like having a seat around the table. It's like being able to influence policy and talk about the culture. And uh, yeah, I'd be honored to have you guys uh, support us. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're exactly right. This is historically representative government was for what can you do for me here in my district in my hometown but we've reached a point in history where we need to be collectively fighting to put representatives and senators in office who will support the constitution and individual freedom so thank you for getting off the bench i'd heard that rumor and i thought that sounds like something heidi would do but i gotta find <laughs> out so I'm glad we talked today. <laughs> well, and we're going we're going to see you cuz I'm I'm going to be rolling through, you know, some of my favorite people in the whole world. Guys living out there in uh, near Kansas City, Missouri. So I'm going to be rolling through on my way to FPEA this year. So hopefully we'll get to sit down and have a good steak, which is what you guys are known for out there. Barbecue. Steak, barbecue. barbecue and and jazz and blues. That's Kansas that's right. Yep. And you guys introduced me to Pastor Phil Hopper, who's been on the show now many times. He's my go-to guy when I want to talk about eschatology and and just, and you you guys, you and Jane were the ones who said, hey, you got to hear this pastor. Man, what an encouragement. So exciting. Yeah, he's great. We've been uh, in his church now for about six years and we're just encouraged every week by his 
willingness to stay firmly planted in the word of God and not wander off after every wind and doctrine that that seems to be blowing through the woke church these days. Yeah, boy, that's the truth. And and he was the one who came up with that term, cut and paste theology, which is so correct. That's exactly what we're doing in the church right now. But it's been an encouragement to me. You guys are just precious friends. I'm glad that you're here. We met because of homeschooling. And at the time uh, when I met you, you know, I think Savannah might have been in high school. And I remember just kind of tiptoeing into the high school years and just thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And one of the things that you and Jane really, I wish you'd come along sooner in my homeschool journey, because uh, one of the things that you guys really helped me see was that learning extends, real learning extends far beyond textbooks and far beyond a scheduled school day. And this is, we're getting, you know, we're almost to May now. And I can feel the collective sigh of homeschool moms everywhere who are just like, can we please just wrap this up? But they feel like they can't because maybe there's 180 lessons in their Saxon math book and they're only at less than 120 and boy, we got to push all the way through. And I thought, who could really encourage these moms at the end of the school year? Oh, Steve could. (laughs) Because you've seen this before. I mean, you've been speaking to homeschool moms for dozens of years and, and you know how to encourage them. So talk to the homeschool mom who's really burned out and she wants to take a break, but she just can't let herself off the hook. Well, every mom has permission from me, and I've been around the block a few times. We started homeschooling, Heidi, in 19, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, 1981. You were, let's say, you were 10 years old when we I was 11, dude. Don't short me. All right. You were 11 years old when we began homeschooling. So we could have homeschooled you, I guess. It's true. I wish you would have. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, over the years with five in a row, we've talked to literally tens of thousands of homeschool moms. I've been out speaking on the road now for 27 years, I think, since our curriculum came out five in a row. And, uh, And the fears and the anxieties and the stresses that we put on ourselves as homeschoolers are, are legendary. Uh, and it's it's really the enemy. I mean, this was intended. The Lord invites us to homeschool, and I believe it is an invitation. I I, I think it it uh, it's not something that would naturally occur to most moms to say, you know, what I want to live on a single income in a two income world, and I want to be at home all day with my kids, and I want my mother in law and my sister in law to think I'm crazy. When the Lord invites us to do that. Why? That's an irresistible call. And the one who invited you is the one who's able and willing and eager to get off the bench and help you succeed in the, in the journey that he's called you to. And he invited you not just so that your kids could have a superior academic achievement. Uh, that's not difficult. We live in a world where something like a third of high school graduates are functionally illiterate in this day and age. Meaning, by definition, uh, the government definition of functional literacy is being able to read well enough to fill out a social security card application and being able to do enough math to balance a personal checkbook. So surpassing public school standards or measured test score standards is not a difficult job. What's difficult is educating the whole person and, 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 and seeing a child grow in their wisdom and their knowledge of the word in their love for the Lord, in their relational skills, in their speaking skills, uh, in the ability to affirm and encourage and serve one another. And those things come 
out of living life in the home, not from textbooks. And so we we often short change our kids in the emotional arenas of maturity because of our anxiety about the academic areas. And so we tend to push and push and push, particularly if we're a type A personality and we've got checklists to do. And I've even known homeschool moms who had like whiteboards filled with all kinds of calendars and schedules, Heidi. That's hitting pretty close to home. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're the whiteboard lady. I am the queen of the whiteboard. I, I, I would like to, I would take that title. Yes, it's true. I love my whiteboard. That's true. Well, there's nothing wrong with a whiteboard, but remember that at the end of the day, they're erasable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, this has been a different year. It's been different for all of us. It's been a difficult year. Uh, I don't care whether your kids are in public school, private school, or homeschool. 2020 and 2021 so far have been challenging. And yeah, I appreciate the fact that you've kept up on the spelling lessons and you've kept up on the math lessons and all of that that we're continuing to work on phonics on a daily basis, that's important. But at this point, educating the whole child, sitting down and talking about what's going on in the world, uh, reading living history books together, going to tour museums and art galleries together, just spending a day doing art, going for a walk in the woods, creating a nature journal, drawing and painting, writing some poetry, uh, or just hanging out, cooking together in the kitchen. I mean, all of those are equally important, particularly during a stressful year. And because everybody, every parent I know is frightened right now. They're frightened of COVID. They're frightened of changes that are happening in our government. They're frightened of draconian regulations that are coming down the pike. If you're frightened, think how scary that is for your kids. They need an outlet. They need a time to just talk and hang out with you. And that's the privilege that a homeschool parent has And so there comes a time in the school year, and for us, it usually came around the 1st of May, when we would put away the textbooks, and I say this with some fear and trepidation, but I want to say we put away the textbooks, and that's when education really began. And for the next three to four months, over May and the course of the summer, and sometimes past Labor Day into early September, We traveled together, we did art together, we did music together, we watched wonderful older movies together, Uh, and there's a few good new ones out, but we all watched a lot of the old ones. I mean, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, or, you know, there were some great movies made before I was born that carry the values. Um, Jane and I watch a lot of old movies, and, you know, they'll pray in these movies, they'll talk about scripture, and it's like, I mean, these are secular movies that came out of you know, Hollywood out of Paramount, MGM. And you think, where is that today? This is not a Christian movie. This was a mainstream uh, movie out of Hollywood in the 1940s or early 50s with Christian values. But anyway, all that to say, there comes a time, and this year particularly, probably more than most years, I think there's a time to say, you know what, kids, I got a surprise. We're going to put the books aside for now, and we're going to go on a field trip 
We're going to go to the gallery. We're going to spend the day cooking today. We're going to go out and plant a garden. Spring is here. It's time to plant our garden. And out of those conversations come life. And I'm talking about with a capital L, not life with a little L in the fast, in the fast uh, lane uh, that we tend to live racing from volleyball practice to Girl Scouts to, to whatever. But I'm talking about life with a capital L, that it nourishes our souls and answers the deep questions of childhood. Uh, most kids have lots of things they'd like to talk about if they just had permission to ask the difficult questions. And sometimes that requires us doing a little fishing, putting a little bait out there and maybe talking about something that happened when you were a child. And, you know, it's anything like, if, have you ever had an experience like that, sweetheart? And sometimes questions that you had no idea were lurking will come out. And this is when emotional education begins to take place, spiritual education and emotional education. You know, we live in an information-rich world. I mean, Siri knows everything. Now, she's got some of it wrong, but in theory, at least, Siri knows everything. And so what we lack is not information or knowledge. What we lack is wisdom. And wisdom comes while you're driving in the car to the orthodontist. Wisdom comes when you're sitting down and reading scripture together and talking about it. Wisdom comes from praying together and then talking over breakfast as a family, not from finishing lesson 366 right. in your textbook. Yep. And that's hard. And that's hard because it's it's counterintuitive to what we grew up hearing, right? I mean, most of us, you know, still the vast majority of the homeschool moms that I meet they went to, to a traditional school, either private or public. They went to a traditional school and they remember getting to the end of the school year and we did field day and we got to the end. Hopefully, you know, we thought we at least we got to the end of the book. Reality is we really never did, but we didn't know that. And so they're looking at the the academic calendar, maybe looking at their books right now and forget that their kids are burned out and the mom is burned out. And what they really need is just spend time with mom. What they really need is just say, hey, let's get in the car and go to a lake today or let's go exploring or let's make cookies or let's just put the books down and focus on the relationship. And you and I have talked about this many times over the years. I mean, long after we close the last page on that math book or long after we're done teaching prepositions and uh, and all the things, you know, by the grace of God, we're going to have relationships with our kids. And that's going to go far beyond anything we ever did uh, in pursuit of academics. And that's become your heart, really. I mean, what I have observed in, in you over these past, you know, 13 years is to really encourage these parents, hey, let's focus on what's more important. And this is a really good time of year to do that, right? Because they can actually give themselves permission to just say, hey, we're going we're gonna to stop with the books for a while. We're going to enjoy our family. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And you know, I've said often that when, you know, I'm an old man now, I'm 71 years old and the Bible says we're given 70 years or maybe 80 due to strength. So, you know, I'm, I'm in that process of evaluating my life at this point, uh, as we all must at some point. And, and I know that when that day comes for each of us, that we're, you know, in hospice or wherever it is that we are and the doctor's shaking his head gravely and looking to to the next of kin uh, saying, you know, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to pull out of this, that your children or your grandchildren are not going to be sitting by your bedside going, oh, mama, mama, I, I could let you go and let you go to your savior gracefully. If I just could have you once more teach me parallelograms, if you could just show me how to diagram sentences once more. 
And that's not going to be in our hearts either. We're not going to say, you know, I could die a, a happy woman if I could just teach you quadratic equations once more and really know for sure that you understand quadratic equations, sweetheart. No, 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 no. It's the, it's the time that you spent snuggle on the couch and reading books together. It's the time you went to the, to the park and you just spent the entire day laying on a blanket and watching the clouds and talking about life issues. Those are the things that live on after we're gone. And that's the legacy that we want to leave with our kids. But we become so obsessed with the academics. But I always tell moms in workshops, you know, if you, if you doubt what I'm telling you, just look in the mirror. Just, you know, most homeschool moms, not all, but most of us were pretty good students uh, in school. We at least tried. We, we were achievement oriented. And uh, give yourself your fifth grade social studies test. You know, who, who signed the Magna Carta? Who was the Norman Conqueror? When did the Norman Conquest take place? Simple questions for a 10-year-old social studies test. And 99.9%, unless you were a history major in college, most parents will go, you know, I, I remember hearing those names. They sort of sound familiar, but I, I don't really remember any of it. And if I say, why not? They say, because I just, to be honest, learned it long enough to pass the test and then I forgot it. And you know what? Your kids are exactly like you. And so dotting every I and crossing every T. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not against academic achievement. I think it's important. I certainly think reading skills we need to become good readers. We need to fall in love with books. Math skills and spelling are essential. But beyond those basics, uh, the majority of the things that we're striving so hard to teach our kids will be forgotten within weeks, if not days. But the things that will last are the things that took place in our hearts. Uh, and this is a great time of year to do it. The weather's turning and we're tired and it's been a crazy year. So I'm giving moms permission to say, you know what, we're, we may continue with our spelling. We may continue with our math or our phonics a little, but we're going to dial back some of the textbooks and we're going to enjoy being a family together for the next few weeks. Mm, it's so important. And I know now because we're, you know, you guys know Summer. She's getting ready to graduate here. She's going to graduate. I can't on... believe that. Summer was <laughs> like a toddler when I met her. I know, I know. I know it's so sad, so sad. And I was telling the moms uh, in South Dakota. You know, I went to speak to the to the Minnesotans who fled to the free state of South Dakota to get a, away from their horrible governor. And uh, we were talking about this. And I'm telling you, I told them I'm getting. I feel sort of melancholy because moms need to hear this. You don't get a do over. You don't get to do it again. You know, you got a you got a one pass through with these kids, and they're going to grow up. And they're going to leave your home. And I think when moms are in the middle of it and dads too, I mean, you can speak certainly to the dads, but the dads in the middle of this also, I think it's easy for dads to focus on their jobs and their careers and providing for their families and miss out on what really is a very, very precious season, the season of raising children. And it, it really is a season, right? It, it comes and it goes. I wrote a little short piece this morning just for friends and followers on Facebook and feel free to edit this out in the final in the final <laughs> version of this program. But at the risk of boring you, I'll I'll take sixty seconds and read it to you. It's called I called it Pancakes and Parenting. It says my maternal grandmother was killed by a drunk driver when I was only three, so I have almost no memories of her. But the one that I have most clearly was a night that I spent with her and my grandfather. I remember crawling into their bed early the next morning, and she asked me 
what I wanted for breakfast. I said pancakes. Of course, she got up and made me a stack of kid-sized silver dollar pancakes. Only a few months later, or so it seemed, I was in bed half asleep when my two-year-old daughter climbed up into my bed and and I asked her what she wanted for breakfast. Pancakes, she said. The stack was light and fluffy, the size of silver dollars. And what seemed like only a year or so after that, I was just waking up when my two-year-old granddaughter crawled into my bed and I asked her what she wanted for breakfast. Pancakes, she squealed. A stack of silver dollar-sized pancakes soon followed, all glistening with butter and maple syrup. That granddaughter is nearly 22 years old now, and perhaps one day in the not-too-distant future, I might be preparing a stack of little pancakes for a great-granddaughter. And it all happened in the twinkling of an eye. One day I was the toddler, and the next day I was the grandparents. The days are long, but the years are short. Whatever parenting task you have before you today, embrace them with joy. This season will be over sooner than you can possibly imagine. We are not promised tomorrow, but this is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice, be glad in it, and maybe make a stack of little pancakes. (laughs) Thank you. That's a great way to end the week. And uh, it's a it's a great note for the moms and dads who are listening to you know it's a, a beautiful reminder it goes by fast, and uh, we get we get a chance to invest. We want to make the most of it, my friend. You are an encouragement as always. It's been such a joy to talk with you. You guys have a company. There are a lot of people that are new listening to this today, and you run five in a row. Can you tell us really quick about it? Sure, five in a row uh, really was birthed out of my wife's frustration with some kinds of traditional textbooks and workbooks. And so it's what uh, educators would call a unit study, but it's based on great children's literature. And we start with preschoolers, toddlers as early as age two, and we go up through about sixth grade. And it's built around reading great books. And then from those books, learning about history and vocabulary and art and science and so forth. It's five in a row is the name of it because we work with each book for five days in a row. So our website is F-I-V-E-I-N-A-R-O-W, all spelled out one word, fiveinarow.com. And we've been used now by, I think, around 600,000 children, uh, 150,000 homes over the last 27 years in about 60 countries plus all 50 states. So, um, And we've really done virtually no advertising. It's all been uh, a function of word of mouth of veteran homeschool moms who talk to young moms who are anxious and they say, you know, I've tried this. I spent a bunch of money on that program. My kids hate it. I hate it. And veteran homeschool moms say, you know what? You want a gentle start. You want to build a great foundation. Go check out five in a row. Mm. And that is where we're going to leave it today. If you want a gentle start and a great foundation, I'm going to encourage listeners today, go check out fiveinarow.com. You won't be sorry. We've used it with our kids. It really is. It What what it does is it builds relationship between parents and their children. And so it's more than education. It focuses on relationship, which really is the cry of your heart, uh, Steve Lambert. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You are a national treasure, and I'm so glad that you were here today. Thank you, Heidi. It's always fun to be on your show. And I'm going to click off here and go donate some money to your campaign. Thank you for getting off the bench. Thank you. Thank you so much. For more information on Steve Lambert and Five in a Row, you can go to the show notes today, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Just scroll down to the today's episode and you can find the show notes or you can visit them directly at fiveinarow.com. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Love your families well this weekend. 
Take advantage of the time that God has given you and redeem it. And I will see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.